0: Hi everybody, this is Todd Jones. Thanks for listening to One Degree Greater. We spoke to Sarah near Ed before anyone had heard of COVID-19, before our world changed. We hope this episode offers some respite and we wish you the best.
1: I took that first drink and something clicked. And it didn't matter that it didn't taste that great. Um, I was like, we drink to get drunk. This, this is it. Whereas my girlfriends were like, this is gross. Like, I don't want it anymore. I'm like, you're wasting it. <laughs> um, you know, I just had a very different reaction to it. Um, and I never knew when I started drinking what the outcome would be. Sometimes it could be, you know, just have a couple sometimes it would be the complete opposite of that. Once I started drinking, the outcome was unknown.
0: Hello, and welcome to One Degree Greater, a podcast about Buckeyes navigating their first few years after graduation, a challenging and thrilling time when ambition meets reality. Some people want to change the world, but everyone needs to find their place in it. I'm your host, Todd Jones. Thanks for joining us. Sarah Nehrad took that first drink of alcohol when she was 15 years old. A year later, she was in rehab for alcohol and drugs. And then she did a second stint in a treatment center at age 17. That was in 2007. Sarah has been sober ever since. She's now 30 and putting to good use the master's degree in public administration that she earned from The Ohio State University in 2015. And she is at peace with her past.
1: I don't think I would go back in time and do anything differently. I really don't. Um, I think that I am probably a better person because of it. Not probably. I am a better person because of it. Um, and you know, those. I think that that was all stuff I needed to go through to do what I do. So I don't. I don't regret it. Wouldn't do anything differently. Um, I'm grateful that it was you know, a short amount of time and not you know, years and years and years of my life. I'm, I'm very grateful for that.
0: Sarah says getting sober was a gift, one given to her by a recovery group for adolescents in her hometown of Houston. She then received continued care from a recovery program at Texas Tech University, where she earned her undergraduate degree. That's why Sarah says it's her mission to pay back by creating programs and support systems, such as the ones that helped her. She did it at Ohio State, and she's doing it in a professional career. Sarah is the Associate Director of Community Relations at Alkermes, a global company that produces drugs to treat schizophrenia and alcohol and opioid addiction.
1: Yeah, it's a great job. So I do their community relations, I cover all of Ohio, and then I help support um, other states where we don't have a community relations person. So I get to work with a lot of addiction, treatment and recovery related organizations and stakeholders, Um, you know, I really function kind of like a treatment and recovery advocate and help support our policy initiatives by working with these various organizations.
0: Sarah's job is an extension of her experiences at Ohio State, where she helped to start and serve as director of the Higher Education Center for Alcohol and Drug Misuse Prevention and Recovery in March of 2013. As a graduate student, Sarah also established the Ohio State Collegiate Recovery Community and Recovery House at Penn Place. It's a residence hall with 28 beds. Drugs and alcohol are not permitted there. She served as program manager for four years, until joining Alkermes in 2017. The goal of the CRC and its programs at Ohio State remains the same, help students maintain their recovery while pursuing their education.
1: College students are the age group that has the highest rates of drug and alcohol use. Like it's just what we call it a recovery hostile environment. So it's nice to then be able to plug into a group of college students that are in recovery and have staff dedicated to supporting us.
0: She actually began her graduate studies in Boston at a school that didn't have her recovery program. She wasn't happy there. And then at a conference, Sarah met Connie Bain. At the time, Bame was the director of the Ohio State Student Wellness Center. She wanted to create the university's first recovery program.
1: You know, really, what I remember her saying was, "You know, would you consult with us to help us start one of these programs?" I, you know, remember being like, "Oh yeah, I could, I could do that," not knowing that I actually could. You know, what did I know about building one of these programs? I only knew about being in one, (laughs) and, um, you know, and then I eventually was like, "Well, how about I just come there?" so she took a big risk on me and I forever am, am grateful to her for that.
0: Now, Sarah, when you were in Boston and you were thinking about transferring somewhere else, you could have gone to a place that already had a program. Why didn't you do that?
1: I think is I wanted to be of service. Like I had been a recipient of services for so long and benefited um, and I wanted to you know, also have this as a resume builder and a learning opportunity and a way to give back. Um, And, you know, we need, these are coveted roles. You know, there's not many of these programs, jobs at them don't come open very often. Um, So the thought of, you know, getting to do this at one of the top institutions in our country was a really big honor.
0: Sarah arrived at Ohio State with grand plans.
1: I remember Ohio State being like, oh, we need to start this program small you know, keep it small, Um, let's just like pilot it. And I was like, got the wrong girl. We're not doing small.
0: No surprise, Sarah describes herself as fearless and a person of extremes. Still, there was also a practical reason for her to think big.
1: I knew that at a school as big as Ohio State, that this program needed to be big. It would not be sustainable if it was quiet and under the radar. So why? Because there's so many great things at Ohio State, and funding is tight. And you know, we wanted to be one of the premier programs that then you know was part of you know the strategic plans for student life, and, and kind of one of those premier programs that gets highlighted and gets support. Um, you know, because at the we were told at the beginning, if you want this program, you have to raise money for it.
0: As director, Sarah helped acquire a $2 million grant for the program from the Conrad N. Hilton Foundation. She also raised donations from hundreds of people, many of them Ohio State alumni. How? By meeting the potential donors and putting her face on a widespread problem.
1: I told my story, right? Because yeah, we didn't have anything to show. I mean, it, I was like pitching people an idea. <laughs> like there was there was nothing to see, you had no space, you know, it was like, here's my messy desk. <laughs> um, You know, we maybe had a couple students, um, you know, but I think, um, you know, people want to give to to people that they like. And I'm grateful that people liked me and could kind of buy into this vision that I had. And it, you know, they trusted me.
0: There was trust in Sarah's home when she was growing up in a suburb of Houston. There was stability too. Both her parents were public school teachers. Sarah said her life was normal but alcohol changed that at 15. She says at that time, the partying seemed fun, cool, exciting. She now says to anyone who'll listen that alcohol is the top addiction problem for youth. Why do you think we don't think of alcohol as a drug? I
1: think because we think it's so socially acceptable and ingrained into what we do. Um, you know, and I think too, a lot of people would then have to look at their relationship with alcohol. Um, and so I think it's easier to kind of You know, people can be, you know, quote-unquote functioning alcoholics and, you know, people joke about it. Um, So I think it's just easier for us as a society to want to look past that rather than look at how is my relationship with alcohol impacting my life negatively.
0: For Sarah, the negatives piled up by age 17.
1: At that point, a lot of alcohol, marijuana, occasional pills, cocaine, ecstasy, just the normal stuff.
0: But how'd you keep it together?
1: Because I I did things to protect my addiction. Like I knew that if I got too out of control, I would be grounded or I'd get sent away to rehab or then the police would be getting involved. And then like so I could do things. And, you know, I, I eventually lost that ability towards the end.
0: Sarah is far from alone in her experience. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services says about half of adolescents have misused an illicit drug at least once by their senior year of high school. Sarah says her own battle with addiction gave her an understanding of what was needed when she helped build the recovery program at Ohio State.
1: What we know is that addiction's a young person's disease. Like, that's where it starts. Like, we can look at all the adults that are you know, in recovery now and they all started as an adolescent. And so I think we're really missing the mark when we don't intervene on our young people um, because their disease then has time to progress. And they experience all these consequences. We as a society suffer all these collateral consequences from not intervening and treating young people's addiction.
0: Like many others in her profession, Sarah sometimes felt worn out from helping others. It's called compassion fatigue. Sarah says she's obligated to first take care of herself, but that can be challenging when you're a person of extremes and passionate about your work.
1: Yeah, that's actually something that, you know, me and my girlfriends in recovery talk a lot about that, um, you know, being a workaholic or however you want to describe it, right? Like being all in on work, um, because you get rewarded and there's accolades and things like that, um, it's harder to recognize where maybe we're, you know, that's out of whack. Right. Like, whereas if I was gambling, it'd be very different. Right. But like I, that, that same ism can be channeled in either way, but I get different outcomes. And um, I don't feel as much of that anymore with work as I maybe once did. But um, yeah, I think that that's stuff that we have to watch for, you know, where where is our is kind of this drive in me, this this personality trait where I am so extreme. Is it getting me in trouble? I'm also trying to pay off student loans and like buying a house and maybe buying a car myself for the fir- like all of these adult things kind of happen for the first time for most of us in our twenties. And, and then we're trying to, you know, build a career. Um, and
0: how do you do that? You do that by working hard, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. And, and at the same time figuring out who we are, like, And and getting more, you know, more comfortable with who we are and kind of those, like, innate, you know, details of that.
0: Still, Sarah says she's comfortable with who she is at 30. She knows the teenager who was twice in rehab for alcohol and drugs. She also knows herself.
1: I want to be a well-rounded, interesting person. There's, There's more to me than just my story. Hey guys,
0: this is Kristen Schmidt. I'm the producer on One Degree Greater. We create this podcast for listeners like you to keep you connected to your alma mater. Did you know your Alumni Association is offering a ton of virtual resources right now? There are online discussions, events, webinars, you name it, from career management resources to book clubs to discussions with other Buckeyes. You're sure to find something that's right for you. So head to go.osu.edu slash getvirtual to check it out and find some favorites. That's go.osu.edu slash getvirtual. Thanks so much for listening. Now let's get back to the episode. Sarah now owns a dog a West Highland White Terrier named Penny. She never used to like dogs, but her mom rescued this one in Houston and gave it to her about a year ago.
1: I'm supposed to be softening up in some kind of way, and Penny has been the vehicle to help me do that.
0: 2019 was a year of changes for Sarah in many ways. In April, she got engaged. A month later, she moved from Columbus to Cleveland with her fiance. Sarah says living in a new city has brought her some needed anonymity. She prays, meditates, and draws on support from her fiancé and a close circle of friends. She faithfully attends her 12-step meetings, and Sarah listens to her own inner voice.
1: What I've learned is that I'm a builder. I like to come in, I build programs, I like to build businesses, I like to
0: build. What's next to build? Well, Sarah's considering the idea of someday entering politics. Maybe find a way to combat the supply side of drug abuse. She spent so many years fighting the demand side. For now, she loves her job at Alchemy's. And she wants to help grow the success of Heartland High School, which opened to seven students in September of 2019 on the Near East Side of Columbus. Heartland is the first school in the state of Ohio dedicated to supporting students who are recovering from substance abuse disorder. Sarah spent three years planning, raising money, and recruiting for Heartland. She still serves on the school's board of directors.
1: People didn't even know what recovery high schools were a year ago. Um, so we've, you know, I think done a really good job there. And then just seeing other communities since what we've done in Columbus, you know, with, you know, the recovery high school that then hopefully will feed into Ohio State and the students will be in the collegiate recovery program. Other universities and other communities have been like, we, we want to do that too. Like Teach us what you did so we can replicate. Um, I still get, you know, calls all the time from people. Can you help?
0: And Sarah's always willing to help the Ohio State Collegiate Recovery Community. It's still rare. There's only about 150 of these programs in the country.
1: There's so many incredible stories from that program. I mean, everyone from, you know, they have absolutely no family support anymore. And the only reason they were able to go back to school and finish their degrees because of the scholarship support we will, we were able to provide. Like I can think of, you know, a handful of people that that was their case. Um, all the way to students that were really really struggling and were having a hard time staying sober and we were the one place they felt safe turning to and we were able to immediately get them into treatment and you know some of them are now like they themselves are now working in the field i mean they're they're all over like we have successful alumni from that program all over the country
0: sarah near story is much more than her two years of trouble as a teenager now, a big part of her legacy is also about Ohio State's recovery program.
1: It's not about me. It's, it's about the students that are there today and the students that are going to be there in the future. And that they know that they're going to have support for their recovery, whether they're coming to school in recovery or whether they get sober while they're at Ohio State, that they can, if they want to be open about their recovery, they can be because we paved that way for them.
0: But Sarah, it is about you. You had to tell your story at that first dinner. There is a part of you that's there. Yeah. It is about you, right?
1: I mean, I hope they still have my pictures up. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I so much of it I owe to the people that taught me. You know, it's like our job is to stay sober and help others. And keep doing that. And so I get to stay sober and and have success and and all of those things when I do that for others.
0: This has been a production of The Ohio State University. Kristen Schmidt is our producer. Matt Stessner is our sound editor. Creative and strategic support comes from Justin Bell, Jay Hansen, Monica D'Amaglio, and Randy Walk. Thanks to Bad Racket in Cleveland for their help in recording our interview with Sarah at their studio. Thanks also to Doug Dangler and the team at the College of Arts and Sciences Tech Studio for their help in recording the episode. And a big thanks to Sarah Nera, who was willing to talk about her past and a few other topics as well. Tell me something about Sarah besides the usual talk.
1: Um, I've been trying to play golf. Really? Yeah, not that well, but what I will say is when I play with the boys, because they they hit the ball and it's going all over, right? Zigzagging real far. I'm just slow and steady, hitting small putts down. So we end up at, you know, there at the same time.
0: Short and straight.
1: Yeah, so that's my strategy.
0: Give Sarah a follow on Twitter at Sarah Nereb. You can also connect with her on Instagram at Senator Neared. You can find information about the Ohio State Collegiate Recovery Program by calling six one four. Two nine two two zero nine four, or by sending an email to recovery at osu.edu. You can also stop in and meet the staff at 095 Baker Hall on campus. Visit us at go.osu.edu slash one degree greater to explore our other episodes. If you enjoyed this show, please spread the word and give us a rating and review. We'd really appreciate that.